Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. Chase, the Eliminator Round. These are the races that will decide who moves on to the championship four at Phoenix Motor Speedway. So, this week we had a very, very, very fun and entertaining race at Kansas Speedway, the Hollywood Casino 400. This was the first race of the round of eight, and oh boy, was this a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. I thought we all thought it was really fun. It's interesting when I was reading Twitter, it was quite divided on Twitter of people that thought it was some that were, you know, thought it was fun. And then some that just don't like that style of racing. We'll kind of get into it. Um, but aerodynamics played a very strong role. And the reason why we saw the finish that we did, uh, but it took, you know, very smart driving, very skilled driving. Uh, to solidify the win. Uh, but I think people felt like maybe the fastest car out there didn't win. We'll get into who that was. But yeah, it was kind of interesting. We were on the edge of our seats for the last, what would you say? 40 laps. 40 laps. We were literally like, wow. Yeah, like, it was intense. 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 We were like counting down like, oh my goodness, how's this going to finish? Yeah, those last 40 laps, I would say it was less Fun and more stressful, but definitely entertaining. Well, that was fun, entertaining, stressful. Like, um, I remember one point, Harvick was, like, making a move. Then um, he almost spun Logano, but he, he um, luckily backed up. And that um, could have cost Logano the race if Harvick didn't, um, didn't care, and he just went into the bumper. So, Sebastian, why don't you take us through the action of what happened during the race, and then we can talk about the finish that was really exciting for for us, at least. All right, so last week's winner, Chase Elliott, he was doing really well. He um, won the first stage of the race. It seems like he carried the momentum from last week's win straight into this race. He also led 20, the first 27 laps and twice within the first stage. But then he started having some audio problems um, yeah. in stage two, he couldn't hear his um, couldn't hear his crew chief and I guess his spotter. And so at one point he had to go into the pits and they were giving him replacement um, earphones and then they started working again. But then he still had the replacements in case it wasn't working. So it was like a whole like audio mess for him. And so they were saying that um, that was not good because instead of him focusing on the race, he had to focus on whether or not he can hear the people, you know, his people. And it just goes to show you that. NASCAR really is a team sport. You know, we focus so much on the drivers. Obviously, they have the most impact on what's going to happen because they're the ones driving the cars. But then, um, you know, the fact that he didn't do well because he couldn't communicate with his team, again, shows you. I mean, think about it. When these guys are out there driving, the 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 spotters are an extra set of eyes out there telling you where the drivers, the other cars are. And we saw how important that was with uh, a certain driver that ended up winning the race. And so, yes, it is truly a team sport, and that was reinforced by the difficulty and the trouble that Chase Elliott experienced early in the race. And it was a little disappointing because 
he was going to, he was showing like, Hey, I'm not, I am the road course King. He won't take, you know, you won't take his crown away, but at the same time he can drive a car. And he was showing that he had a very strong car early, early on. The stage two was won by my race pick, Denny Hamlin, who he seemed like he was going to do really good. And then he doesn't do good. Yeah. What happened to him? He went down a lap because he had he hit the wall. He just smacked into the wall. So he had to go into the pits. And in that he lost the lap and it took him a little while to get it back. There was something that ended up happening because of a caution. He got to he got a wave around. It wasn't the lucky dog, but he got a wave around to start at the end because everyone else had pitted. But then so he couldn't he, pit, right? But He couldn't pit. Exactly. Otherwise, he would have went. Down he would have been down lap. still a lap because when that caution came out, he was not the lucky dog. So, you know, you want to know who actually put Hamlin into the wall. Hamlin was trying to make a pass on Kyle Busch, but he um got put in the wall. So, wait a second. Did Kyle Busch actually put him in the wall? Or maybe because he was trying to pass Kyle Busch and was being really aggressive, he made it pushed a little he, he too was, far. He was being too yeah, aggressive. He made a, and he made an aggressive move and just kissed the wall a little yeah. too much. So, I know we've been going back and forth about Denny Hamlin. Uh, and my new fandom for him because he's teaming up with the greatest basketball player of all time. However, I'm, I, you know, and I, I really, you know, G- uh, Joey, I was gonna call you Joey Logano. Giovanni over here um, had actually uh, criticized Denny Hamlin by saying, oh, he, what championship has he won when we were talking about it? And I about guaranteed that he was going to win a championship. But I won't lie, something that's been in the back of my mind, and I'm hoping it doesn't plague him, but it's something to watch for is that Denny Hamlin has pretty much accomplished everything in the sport. I mean, he is, if his career would end today, he would walk into the Hall of Fame, right? He's multi-winner at the Daytona 500, won all the big races except for uh, the in, uh, the Brickyard, right? Because then he wrecked that this year. He was winning that race. He's done it all, but winning championship. And I think he is like Mark Martin. I mean, he just passed Mark Martin as like one of the guys with the most wins to never win a championship. And when you haven't done something and you're getting closer to it, the pressure starts to mount and it's mostly internal and you start to press and you start to push and you start to try to make it happen. And the way that the NASCAR playoffs are set up is if you win one of these races, you're guaranteed a spot in Phoenix. So ideally for me, the favorite to win the championship, in my opinion, is always going to be the guy that gets to that first, that last weekend race first. Because for the next two races, they just got to get themselves ready because they know they're guaranteed. And so I think Danny Hamlin was pressing. And I think Danny Hamlin really wanted to win this race so he could put all his focus on getting ready to win in Phoenix. And unfortunately, he pushed too far and he hit the wall and he was he was knocked out. Well, he's actually, um, this year's, um, Brickyard wasn't the only time he came close. 2018 got bumped out of the way by Brad Keselowski. For the Brickyard? Uh So, okay. So he hasn't won a Brickyard, but he's won pretty much everything else. Has he won a Coca-Cola 600? I don't think so. He probably did. I'm pretty sure he has. I'm pretty sure he has. But he's won, what, three Daytona 500? The point is the guy has won almost everything. And this is it. He needs to win a championship. He wants to validate his career. Uh, and think about the publicity that his new team would have going into next year 
with Michael Jordan, you know, the championship guys getting together to build a team. So I think there's a lot more added pressure to him this year than in years past. So I feel like Denny might be pressing right now. So we'll see what happens in Texas and we'll see what happens in Martinsville. But I definitely think the pressure is big on Denny Hamlin. So as the race continued, Kevin Harvick became the leader for a majority of it. He um, led 85 laps for like three times and was clearly the fastest car. But even though we've talked about these drivers like uh, uh, Hamlin and Chase and Kevin Harvick, like, guys, the Penske cars were on fire this race. They were all three of them were up up there. there. Pretty much the entire race. I think there was one point where Kevin Harvick was in the lead, and then it was Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Ryan Blaney right behind them. And they were actually starting to close in on him. Yeah, they definitely. So they were pretty. They were very dominant in this race. Who does their engines? Is it all Penske? So yes, Penske, because Matt DiBenedetto, even though he drives for Wood Brothers, he drives a Penske uh, engine. And so, I mean, as we've seen, he's done really well in that car. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, they had they had really strong packages. And I will tell you, watching the race, I honestly thought Brad was the fastest of the Penske cars. And he was the one that seemed like he could actually drive up and and stick with Kevin Harvick and pass him on the on the track. Uh, And I honestly thought he and there was a point late in the race where he was making his move yeah, and I he thought was. if he got around and he even Harvick, passed Kevin Harvick I thought he was going to pass Joe I'm not sure what happened something to him happened. though yeah something happened yeah he kind of he kind of fell, fell back. back because then um Bowman yeah. ended up passing that him that surprised so, me too yeah but either either way uh, the Penske cars were really really dominant in this race we got to the final pit stops of the race with 40 laps ago um, so the pit stops are happening. Brad Kozlowski, the reason he actually fell back was because he had a bad pit stop, I think. And oh, he fell back. Yeah, well, yeah, in that final, in that final uh, pit stop, he did have a, have a, yeah, he did have we, a long we, pit stop. We joked about that because, uh, one of the reasons why Joey got out of the pits in first was he had a 12 point something. It was, it was under 13 seconds mm-hmm. pit stop, four tires. A gas adjustments, all that in less than 13 seconds. That's a really quick pit stop. It was a super quick. It was, I think, one of the fastest. And and it was almost two to three seconds faster than Brad and almost two or at least a second faster than Kevin Harvick. So his pit crew really, if I was if I was Joey Logano, I'd make sure all of them got a nice gift this week yeah. because they're the reasons why he was put out front when that restart came. And yeah, definitely. I think the really that, a that flawless team, pit stop. It was flawless. So yeah, it was the the pit crews that really made the big difference. And then coming on the race, um, to um the race off of pit road, it was tiny. Um, Kevin Harvick and Joe Logano are side by side, and Logano barely beats out Harvick in the race off pit road, and that car, pro, car probably could have put Harvick in contention to win. Because I feel like if Harvick have beaten Logano in that race off of pay road, Harvick would have won that race and punched his ticket to Phoenix. And this is why it's so important, right? You think about it. What happened? Who won the pit who won the race off pit road? Joey. Joey. And who and then what did he do? He started with forty five laps to go in the lead and held and he on. got to choose what lane yeah. too. So he got the preferred line. Not only that, who do you have behind him? Brad Kozlowski. 
Wait, no. No, I thought Ryan what, Blaney. I, that was Ryan Blaney. Yeah, he had Ryan Blaney behind him. And so what happened on that restart? He got pushed to the he front. Got a nice push. Got pushed to the front. And unfortunately for Kevin Harvick, he didn't get that same push. And that's what pushed Joey to the front. So it wasn't just the the pit crews put him out front. He got to choose the pit lane, got to put his car right behind his teammate. And that teammate just pushed and got him in front. So there were several factors yeah. that worked out and aligned for him to be able to get into that position. Yeah. So it was it was it was pretty cool. So then what happened? So last it was 40 an laps. intense 40 last laps, to be honest. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I, I even asked this question. I said, I wonder if the drivers like I wonder if Joey's heart is like beating as fast as mine because I'm not driving and I'm not like the, and I'm not even like the biggest Joey fan. That's Geo. But my heart is beating really fast. My hands are all like clammy and I'm on pins and needles just watching this race like as uh, watching as Kevin Harvick like inches and then you see there's a bigger gap and then he comes closer and then a bigger gap and it's just like oh my goodness how uh, how am I going to do this for the next 40 laps like this is crazy it was just really intense and exciting driving and of course you know I was we were all rooting for for Joey to stay up there so it was it was good and it was a pretty tight battle. Um, it was really, really, really tight. And my heart and stomach was hurting. And like, this was not the only time. Um, but why do you think, why do you think our, why were we so stressed about it? Because think about it. In a way, Joey Logano was an underdog, right? He didn't have the fastest Joey car. Logano we can is all always say, an underdog. No, but people don't like him. No, no, not. Uh, it, ta- it's true. Mom's it, got a point. Okay. Yes. You're, you're right about that. But that's not what I'm talking about for yesterday. Think about it. He did not have, we can all agree, even the biggest Joey Logano fan here will say he knows he didn't have the fastest car, right? It was a lot of different factors like we talked about. It was the way that you drive that car. And what were the drivers saying, uh, the the announcers saying about Joey? That he's the best blocker. He's the best blocker in NASCAR. And at first we kind of took offense to it. But even, and even Kevin Harvick said it and it bothered him. But the reality is. It was because of those blocking skills and the way that Har- uh, Joey positioned himself that he was able to win. And it and and again, it was because Harvick had a faster car. And for Joey to get the kind of speed and and the distance he needed to win that race, to me, was an unbelievable display of skill behind the wheel. Because he didn't. It wasn't. They didn't touch. It all had to do with aerodynamics. It had to do about putting his car in the right line. If you listen to the announcers, the problem for Harvick, and this is why some fans were like, I don't like this because of the aero package and all that. NASCAR competition has designed these cars in a way that they will create an air bubble when they're going that fast. And what the problem was, and we saw it, if if Harvick had a faster car, he could close in on Joey. But he would get to a certain point that it was almost like his car just couldn't go. And then he would back off. Is that, a little bit. Is that the dirty that's air? The dirty air and the air bubble. Yeah. Uh, Dale Jr. talked about that. And that's what happened. It has to do with the way the spoiler, the way the car is designed. It creates this dirty air. It's this p- air package to make the cars more competitive. Because if not, had Car- Harvick just, that wasn't a, a factor. Harvick would have blown past Joey Logano and would have won that race but it it, but it was all about Harvick trying to get the right line he was searching up and down to try to get enough speed at the right point 
so he could get past Logano. And it was Logano who kept putting his car. And it was it was it, it was so interesting to hear. They let us hear the announcer, the audio, the audio his, of the, the spotters spotter. explaining mm-hmm. to him how far Harvick was and he was closing. And you would see Logano moving up and down the track, and you would see the line that he would take. And then when the when the lap traffic was involved, all of these factors. And Logano was able to make it happen. He was literally willing his car and his team to victory because of the way he was driving that car. That took an unbelievable level of skill. And as much as the drivers in NASCAR aren't quote unquote friends with Joey, I know all of them respected him. And and you know my my guy is Dale Jr. And Dale has made no bones that Joey's not exactly a guy he's going to go hang out with. And he's not like a buddy, buddy with him. But even Dale said the mental toughness of the number 22 car surprised him. Like so he wouldn't even call him by his name. He didn't say Joey Logano. He said the mental toughness of the number 22 car surprised him. And that I think is a combination of watching what Joey did. And that's why I was so impressed and why it was so stressful for us. Because we knew again, Harvick had a better car. And Harvick did everything to get it up there. And Harvick's the, one of the best, if not the best guy in all on NASCAR this year. And he couldn't get past him for 45 laps. And with that, my guy, the number 22, Joey Logano, punches his ticket into the championship four at Phoenix, which I'm super excited for. Go, Joey. Yeah, go, Joey. Get number two. The last time Joe Logano has won a race this season was Phoenix. And you know what's um, um, funny about it? The two drivers that were battling up for the win was the number 22 of Joe Logano who got the dub and the four of Kevin Harvick. And they were in the same paint schemes and they were close by each other. It's going to be very interesting to see. It'll be very interesting. And also, because... Of what happened with Denny Hamlin smacking the wall and Joey Logano winning, that actually flustered the points. So because Joey's locked in, he would have he was under the cut line before, but now he's up top, knocking down someone. And because Denny Hamlin wrecked or smacked the wall, went under a lap and worked his way to get it back up, but he didn't get top ten. That completely changed things, which means if he chokes next week, he could be done. That'd be that'd be sad. even Harvick so bad. Even Harvick, one bad wreck. Well, yes, I think Harvick yes. is at the point that even if he doesn't win, as long as he gets like a top 10 finish in these next two races, he's, he's good. good. Yeah. But say Chase Elliott and Kurt Busch, who are both outside the top 10, I mean the top four, win and Denny Hamlin doesn't do well, Denny Hamlin could not make it to Phoenix. That would be so disappointing. That would, that would be horrible. That would pro- Oh, that would be horrible. I, I honestly, I hope he makes it to Phoenix. What would be funny if, like, in Phoenix, Harvick and Hamlin are battling, and then they take each other out? Well, at least if they, they got If they get there. to that point, I don't think they're going to play that rough with each other. All right, Johan, why don't you give us the top five finishers from this weekend's race? And the top five finishers are number one, the dub, Joey Logano punches his ticket to Phoenix. Number two, uh, Kevin Harvick. He had a um, pretty good car. Alex Alex Bowman, number three. He came up there late. Brad Keselowski, number four. Came, um, fell back. Brad Kyle Busch, um, number five. Missed the playoffs for the round of eight. 
and he is trying to get that dub. Yeah, I, 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 you know what? I still think he has got a shot to try to win something before the end of the year is up. As for the Let's Go Racing family picks, um, let's start out with race winner Gio, who picked Joey Logano. Am I right? Yes, I did. And for the first time this season, I predicted the winner. And it was Joey Logano to pull it through. So I got six points this week. And I'm very, very happy with that. Well, that was, uh, that was a clutch win for you. Karen, so how'd I, you do? I picked Kevin Harvick and he finished in second. And even though he came in second, I am still so glad and happy that Joey Logano took first place. Johan, I think you did the next best of all of us. You were the only other one that got points. Who'd you pick? Martin Truex Jr. And I think I said this before. He's still in the top eight, right? I think he's another sleeper that could yeah, make his way just, to the top he's four. He's just driving. You know, he's yeah. just doing his thing. He's not He's not shining and or anything like that. He's just kind of doing his thing and will probably somehow. And he'll, he'll probably be that fourth car that gets in without a win. Yeah. Well, I, I, actually, I, I don't know. I, that made I me have Chase a, Elliott. We'll, we'll talk about it in the, in the next uh, segment. But uh, I, I think he's going to I think he'll find a way to win, too. Uh, to get himself to to Phoenix. Um, so, Sebastian, who'd you uh, who'd you pick? I picked Denny Hamlin, and like we said, he started off strong, got a stage two win, then bumped the wall, fell back, and only climbed up climbed up to fifteen. So, no points for me. So, and Tony, how'd your hometown hero? Do? Yeah, my hometown hero did not do near as well. There was probably like one moment in one of the late restarts where I thought, okay, he's gonna do something, and then he got caught up and hit people and just fell back. So I think the highlight for Clint Boyer was the, I don't know if you guys saw it. They showed it on the, on the, on, on Twitter. And then during the uh, race, the human 14, the human 14, like that was the biggest highlight. And that was he, cool. he had the coolest quote afterwards. He said, you know what, if anything, he knows that his fans are the most fun or the ones that like have the most fun at the races and doing all that they do. So Anyway, he didn't finish as strong as I thought he was going to. He didn't even finish in the top 25. He finished in 26. So there you go for being emotional. Wumpa, wumpa, I know. Wumpa, wumpa, wumpa. All right, Sebastian, where are we going next week? Race two of the round of eight begins at the Texas Motor Speedway's Auto Trader 500, Sunday, October 25th. Once again, if the winner of this race will advance to the round of four, and it's going to be very important for points, especially for some of those lower, those drivers in the middle, like Chase Elliott and Martin Truex Jr., who are trying to look in if they can't win. But now let's get into our points with race picks. Now, it's the Let's Go Racing Family Race Picks of the Week. So this week, we're going back to Texas. Karen, you're leading. Who are you picking to win this week at Texas? Okay, so honestly, I think that Kevin Harvick is going to win, but I picked him for the last race, so I can't choose him again. So you can't pick him now. No, I am going to go with Denny Hamlin because he does really well at the one-mile track or one and a half mile tracks and he really needs a win to get into 
the championship race. So I'm going with the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Well, Sebastian, you are in second. Who are you picking to win this weekend at Texas? When you finish second in a race, you know that you're going to try to win next week. So I'm taking Kevin Harvick. He's going to punch his ticket in at Texas. All right, Kevin Harvick. Johan, you are in third. Who are you picking to win this weekend at Texas? Well, we honestly saw that last Texas race, it was the RCR cars that dominated. But I'm not going to go with the RCR car that won the race. I'm going with the RCR car that finished second to the one that won the race, Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. All right, I remember when you made that pick. And we thought that was a little crazy. All right, so I'm next. And I'm going to go with one of my sleeper picks. And I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. MJ. MJ. The other MJ. All right, Giovanni, who are you picking to win this weekend at Texas? So I would probably go with Joey Logano again. Actually, I don't think I would, but I would maybe. Uh, But I think this week I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. Let's give him a chance. Chase Elliott punching his way to Phoenix. All right. We'll see what happens this weekend. No one picked Brad, and then no one picked oh, um, I'm saving Austin my- Dillon. He was the yeah, last yeah, winner. He was the last winner. I know he was the last winner. I was winner, last but looking I'm not- for I was like, who did win? Well, I, don't well, I was going to say Austin, but then I thought you got you were keeping him for yourself, so I didn't want to blow it. No, but I, I know couldn't who it figure was. it out. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. So I feel like we haven't done this in quite a while. It's been a few weeks. And I actually, we had to go back and say, who did it last? All right, so this time it is Giovanni. Giovanni, who am I connecting to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? Well, this time I think I'm going to change it from a who to a what. It's the best-selling game literally of all time, Minecraft. Minecraft, yes. It is truly, and I have to look this up because I didn't believe it when I saw it. It is the number one best-selling video game of all time. 180 million copies sold. No, actually over 200 million copies sold worldwide. That's more than Tetris. That's more than Super Mario Brothers. I actually was pretty surprised about this. So for those of you that are listening and not really familiar with Minecraft, Geo... It says it, it's a sandbox video game. What does that mean? So sandbox basically means it's um, you can build things and it's an infinite world. So basically the world will keep on generating and generating and generating. Of course you'll hit the world border, but there's more. It just goes on forever. And there's so many things you can do. All right. So you just build worlds. Okay. Well, How am I going to connect it to NASCAR? Well, the game started in 2011. November 2011 was officially released. Well, it was 2014. The game and its developer was purchased by by Microsoft, the developer being Mojang Studios. Well, Microsoft, now the owner of Minecraft, 
actually announced earlier this year an expanded sponsor relationship with Hendrick Motorsports, specifically as an associate sponsor for the number 48 and the number 88 cars through 21. And they also collaborate as a technology partner on key projects to help improve all the Hendrick race teams. And they they actually use things like Microsoft Teams, as well as Microsoft Artificial Intelligence to help them get faster. So that is how you connect Minecraft to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. I got to say something. I really want those 88 and 48 day casts of the Microsoft. Did you know that Microsoft was a sponsor of the 48 and the 88? No. Johan? But I'm imagining in my head a Microsoft logo and a 48 and an 88. Beautiful. A beautiful Microsoft logo. And since we just finished talking about Minecraft, I'm going to throw in a shameless little plug-in. I have a Minecraft YouTube channel which you might want to check out. It's G-Crafted. G-Crafted. That's your handle on YouTube? Yeah. Very cool. So, yes, those of you who are wanting to learn more about Minecraft, learn it from the expert Giovanni, or otherwise known as G-Crafted. As we go to wrap up this week's episode, Racing Through Life is our next segment. And this week, we're going to talk about NASCAR news. So this week in NASCAR news, speaking of the Hendrick Motorsports, we've got some news that uh, Chad Knauss, who is actually probably one of the most um, successful crew chiefs, will be leaving the pit box and going to work as an executive for Hendrix Motorsports. And he's actually going to be the VP of competition. So in this new role, Chad Knauss is going to oversee all the technical development of Hendrix's entire Chevrolet stable of race cars and be the lead in the implementation of the next-gen car to debut in 2022. Uh, he is also going to oversee all of the crew chiefs, pit crews, engineering, fabrication, assembly, and all other team-related staff. So in other words, he's the big dog He is going to be the big dog. He is the big dog there. That's a lot of responsibility. You win seven championships. Not a surprise that that's what's happening. Who's he crew chief for this year? William Byron. So have they announced who's going to replace him as crew chief? No, not yet. Not yet? Okay. Well, I'm sure... Knowing Hendrick and the way that organization's built, I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody from internal. Because as you were talking to me about this before our uh, we started recording tonight, Karen, you'd mentioned the fact that, you know, Canals really started as a tire changer. And- well, actually, he started uh, working in the 24 car for Evernham, for Ray Evernham. Yeah. And he started doing like stuff in the background, like fabrication stuff or whatever. And then he moved up. It was to move up as a rear tire changer for the 24 and eventually continue to move himself up to the point that he became crew chief. For Jimmy Johnson and the rest was history. All right. Other news. In other news, we have some driver, new driver stories. So we've got drivers that are going to new cars and new teams. So let's start with Daniel Suarez is going to be going to a new team called Track House. And he's going to be driving the 99. So that 99 that once upon a time Carl Edwards used to drive is coming back on the track. 
wow, it almost feels like full circle. Carl Edwards retired in the 19, which and was replaced by Daniel Suarez. And now Daniel Suarez will drive the old car of Carl Edwards. Wow. And maybe next year we'll have like an announcement that Carl's coming back. Oh my goodness, that'd be crazy. Well, um, I bet when Daniel Suarez um, wins in that 99 car, he's going to be doing backflips. So this team is actually going to have a, it's a partnership with um, RCR. So it's kind of similar to what um, the 21 of the Wood Brothers is doing with Penske. So I'm hoping that it'll this be means equipment. that it'll be better equipment for Daniel Suarez and he'll be able to show, you know, his true talent behind the wheel. Any other uh, another, driver changes? Another driver uh, change is going to be the uh, Alex Bowman is no longer going to be driving the 88. He's moving into the 48 of Jimmy Johnson. So he is the new driver for the 48. I bet he's going to be a good one. And I'm proud of him making it to that greatest number in the world. Better than number three in 88. So you don't have to answer right now, or maybe you already have the answer, but... Is he going to be your guy or is it going to be Chase next year? Or you still, still need time to think about still it? Still deciding because okay. anybody can turn Jimmy. Oh, so if any of these guys turn Jimmy, you're going to be going for the other one. And if every driver turns Jimmy, I guess I'll be just going to be rooting for like the announcers. What happens if Jimmy turns himself? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Which you can argue he did a couple times this year. So speaking of Mads Benedetto. Uh, it has been announced that he is going to return to the 21 next year with the Wood Brothers. However, in 2022, he will no longer be in that car because Austin Sindrick will be in that car. So I thought that was a strange announcement. It's like, yeah, you got a ride in 21, but you're out in 22. So I don't know what the deal with that is. I don't know if he's going to. He, that's it. It's the con- It was a one year contract that was. That's extended. what it sounds like. It probably and was just from, a one year deal. And, and then, then from there, he's got to figure out where he's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he's not retiring. Yeah. No, I don't No, Definitely not. I think it's just it's a year to prove it. You know, he's been he's been doing better every year. He's been getting better. So. Um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll have some success next year and, and find himself a, a full-time ride the following season. And finally, Tony, your guy is leaving NASCAR, but not for good. He's leaving the car, but he's moving into broadcasting. So the 14 of Clint Boyer um, will, or actually, sorry. So Clint Boyer will no longer be driving in the 14 next year. He will be broadcasting up in the booth for Fox. I guess we know who is our new um, DW because um, his talent is in the booth because we saw that in iRacing. Yeah, he was a lot of fun to listen and watch, so I'm not surprised that they already announced that he's going to be moving into the booth. So, yeah, it's no surprise that he's going to that he's moving into the booth because when he was um, when we were watching the iRacing, I actually said, I think he would be would do a great job in the booth and it's I mean, he's very charismatic and he's going to bring i think a lot of fun to broadcasting for nascar nascar just announced that he has been reinstated into nascar so officially as of january 1st 2021 he'll be able to come back into nascar he doesn't have a car currently or um to drive but he has been reinstated and i want to read a statement that nascar made um, today, it says NASCAR continues to prioritize prioritize diversity and inclusion across our sport. Kyle Larson has fulfilled the requirements set by NASCAR and has taken several voluntary measures to better educate himself so that he can use his platform to help bridge the divide in our country. 
Larson's indefinite suspension has been lifted. Under the terms of his reinstatement, he will be cleared to return to all NASCAR racing activities effective January 1st, 2021. So will he come back to the Cup Series or will he get a chance in Xfinity or Trucks? I think it's going to probably be Xfinity or Trucks because for the most part, all of the rides in um, the Cup have been taken with a couple drivers probably getting these other positions that are still left. I expect Kyle Larson that he will probably come back to the Cup in either 2022 or 2023. Definitely 2023. Well, I think, honestly, the biggest test is going to be whether a sponsor is willing to sign up for driving uh, or sponsoring Carl Larson in a car. That's why you heard the news that Briscoe is going into the 14 and not Larson yet. Uh, because I, I bet you there was some back, back you know, office-type conversations between prospective sponsors and to see if anyone felt comfortable signing up for that. And I, I bet you the big time sponsor said not yet. Let's see him take on. And I think Sebastian, you're onto something. I think he may have to want kind of work his way back up into the cup series with maybe sponsors that are more willing to roll the dice with, with a guy that clearly can drive and is an up, was an up and coming driver until this whole incident that happened over the summer. So I, I do see he will find his way back to the NASCAR Cup Series. There was a very interesting interview uh, that CBS released this week with James Brown. You guys might know James Brown. He's the announcer, the lead uh, announcer for the NFL on CBS. He used to be on Fox. Okay. And he interviewed Kyle Larson and really just wanted to hear from him what he was doing and, and if he felt bad. And it wasn't, did he get feel bad? Did he got caught or did he feel bad for what he did? And, you know, I think it's a great interview. It's very telling. You could, you know, James Brown was then asked afterwards by another anchor on CBS on whether or not he felt like Kyle legitimately felt bad. And he said, I looked him in the eyes and he felt like he is trying to do the right thing for the right reasons. And so... You know, it was very telling uh, and and it's something we haven't actually watched yet. So I, I think I want you guys to watch that and then maybe we can talk about it next week about what you guys think about the story arc of redemption and what is going on with Kyle Larson. Uh, what he did was wrong and it's very hurtful, especially in this day and age and what is going on in this country and, and how sensitive, um, you know, it, we all need to be when it comes to racism. And the reality is he what he did was wrong. But he's a, he has basically said that there is no – he didn't make excuses for it. And that was the best thing I think I got out of it. He didn't make any excuses for what he said. He said it's wrong, and that word should not be in my vocabulary. We'll see what happens, but hopefully he'll eventually find his way back. The last bit of news that you didn't cover, and it's not really Cup Series news, but I think it will be significant Cup Series news in the next year, is the fact that Haley Deegan will run an entire Cup Series, uh, not Cup, Truck Series next year. So she actually raced for the very first time in the NASCAR Truck Series, and she finished in 16th. That's impressive. And then very quickly after the race, they announced that she's running the full season in trucks next year and so i think at some point in 2021 
they will pick a race and they will put her in a cup series car. I think they will to test. And then, and obviously Xfinity. I think the, the, she's 19, the minimum age, as we know to race in, in NASCAR is 18, which I will never forget because we remember them uh, wishing Joey Logano a happy birthday on his 18th and then put him in a car. And so uh, Haley Deegan's already of age. And I think she will be the next big story, the next big driver uh, of popularity to come into the sport. I think this is good for her, but I think we won't see her in the Cup Series for a while. Well, I don't think we're going to see her full time. I don't even think, I we'll think see they're going to test. I think they're going to put her in a car next year, at least for a race. One race. That's if my not next year, then 2022, they'll oh, put yeah, her I in a race. I think they're going to put her multiple races by then. But I think she's going to, if unless she is like, and I don't think she will be because she finished in 16th, unless she completely bombs, I think they put her in a car just to test. I think they're going to groom her really well through the stages because she they gets probably, to the cup. Because they don't, they don't want to have to deal with like what Chase and SWAT is. Like they literally win the, their championship and then they get shipped off to the cup without really the, the training. Thing is, this girl has real talent and she's very competitive and she has a chance if she is well-trained and well-groomed to be up there and actually challenge the guys. Because the thing is like, even though Danica Patrick raced in the cup in reality, she wasn't very like competitive with the guys. And so I think she, that Haley Deegan is the one female that would probably be able to do that. And I think it's going to take time and training to get her to that position. And that's what's going to make a woman, a female in NASCAR, like super interesting and exciting to watch and give young girls the um, the hope that they can be the next Haley Deegan. Well, I think it'll it'll be really interesting. And I also learned, too, she's not the only female driver out there. No, and, she's not. And, There's one in Arca. So, so, yeah. So there there could be more women that make their way up to NASCAR. And I've, I've always thought that is the next big thing about making NASCAR, like taking NASCAR to a whole new fan base is oh, to have absolutely. more women participate in the series. So I'm excited for that. I think it'll be, it'll be great when it happens. On that note, Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, that's going to wrap this week's episode up. Thank you so much for listening on in. Please leave a like, subscribe, and download our podcast episodes so you can listen to us wherever you want, whenever you want. Let's go racing family out. <laughs>